Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Danielfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Morning, Patrick. And I might get in a little bit of trouble again because I'm on the catch bandwagon nice and hard this year. Straight been, in the I, AFL. I, ha- I have been. I'm straight in the AFL this week because outdoor show. Kick the footy when you're camping and fishing here and there. Uh, <laughs> No, I've been a massive. I've been on the cat's bandwagon yes. pretty hard for a few years with yourself mm. and uh, the highs and lows. And we've got a big game tonight, which I'm looking forward to. The dogs the will. Yep. It's you know topical in your household. Your wife's a yep. staunch. I actually need some tickets too for this. So if you okay. don't mind, send right. them across. Send them through now. Just, but, just prepare. <laughs> day of the game. Can I have an extra couple of tickets? Yeah, no worries, mate. Serious question regarding the AFL. Yeah. All right. Now I understand. Sticking up for your mates. I'm all for anyone sticking up for their mates. Whether you're at the pub, whether you're here and there, I'm all for anyone sticking up for their mates. Even for a Facebook war here and there, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) But in all honesty, AFL players are dumb. 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 The little... Okay, right now my health isn't great. Yes. I'm running at a heavy 70 kilo. 69.9 exactly this morning, Pat, when I woke up. I did feel like the door when we walked in to record this morning. You're just (laughs) separating the hinges just as you... The presence as you walked into the studio. My uh, special move is to poke you like a toothpick. So I'm quite quite skinny at the moment. (laughs) But I reckon, and I'm confident now, the Hawk is a big man. Not much aggression, but I believe that I could go on a football field... In the heat of the moment, in one of your little scruffs that you get into, and I could literally fight the hawk and comfortably understand that nothing's going to happen to me. Because the push and shove in AFL, all that is going to do, it's a waste of energy, waste of time, and you're not one that gets involved in too many of these. You know why that is? And you're going to get fined. That's exactly what the dads, anyone that's been in the game for more than five years, now, the first thing that people say is... I'm not getting fined here. What? And on gen- that, you can say that to your opponent. But you can't make a and point. And then they start laughing. Hey, did you? What did you think of um, Jack Ginnivan? Um, he looked. He looked like he was part of the WWE. He got his head in their headlock, dislocated off. <laughs> like I get, you know, no, he's stamp- bought, it, bought it on himself, <laughs> stamping out some of the contact. But please, he was in a headlock for six seconds after. And that, do you know and those, they still didn't call it? Do you know those movies you watch where they bribe people to like prove a point? It was felt like the AFL was like, no, nah, he's he's had his proof point, uh, he's had a point, point proven, proven now. But no, seriously, like in the push and shove moments, it just seems like it's just a waste of everything. You're not gonna, you can't stick it up for your, you can't stick up for your mate. Like ten years ago, you could have a fair go and a little couple of knocks in there to make a point. Two grand a jab now. You can't do anything. Think, think of the fishing gear that you can buy. That's with, what I mean. With two grand a jab. Hey, let's a <laughs> uh, little bit of four by four news. Mercedes Benz now they've axed their uh, entry level. Uh, G400D, which is their diesel version. Now, this is the AMG G63 that has gone berserk. I, right? I see these cars as the wank factor of Instagram. They're the influencer's car. <laughs> they are. The, the Kardashians <laughs> made them famous, but they are genuinely a phenomenal 4x4. Their average price, Redmond, has gone up 
thousand dollars. Why? On average. On what benefit? It's simply the amount of um, take for them, the interest. So there's no, you don't actually, there's no 50 grand worth of extras. You're actually just buying. It's, it's like the building industry at the moment. You're getting the same house and you're getting the same car, but they can't service the amount of need. So they're just driving the price up. Now, if you find, if you look at them up on um, on car sales or, or whatever it might be, you're looking entry into the 350 grand for a Mercedes-Benz AMG G63. Great vehicle, but surely that's exorbitant. Uh, Good on them if they can do it. <laughs> Uh, the GWM Haval showrooms, they're launching another SUV hybrid. So that's hitting Australia soon. Can't wait for that. It's their 20, It's their 2023 model, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Rivian reporting that they're looking to expand their commercial vehicle range. Still waiting to hear when we're going to see that vehicle in Australia, but they're aiming to produce, and they're reporting, um, to produce 1 million electric vehicles annually by 2030. So there's no doubt at some stage we'll see those in Australia. Uh, Ram Trucks Australia is recalling some of their 2022 DT Series 1500s as drivers may experience loss of steering control, Redmond. Got a question on that. How many cars need to have the loss of steering before they recall all these perfectly brand new cars? Well, like, in serious, like, is it one or is it one stuffs up and they go, bang, this is an issue? Well, it couldn't be that. Surely not. That's why I'm asking. It must be a percentage threshold. It's like we saw Land Cruisers a few few months back. All of a sudden, they have an air, airbag recall. I wonder how many people actually take their cars back straight well, I don't know away. if I would. Or do you just wait for your next because, servicing fee? Well, you take, well, they're doing the recall and then to either get a new car or the product in is probably going to be 16 years. So you're going to come here without a car that long. So, Rounding out our 4x4 news, uh, Kia has revealed an updated version of their Exceed SUV. Uh, and the private ATO ruling has exempted the incoming uh, Ineos Grenadier, which for those playing at home, it is the Land Rover Discovery I'll say knockoff. It looks very, very similar to the old Range Rover Discovery. Uh, With the starting price, I think of about 85 grand, Redmond. They will be exempt from the luxury tax, which saves... What does that mean? What does luxury tax mean? Well, essentially those cars above a certain threshold coming into Australia are taxed again. So you're having to pay thousands on top of that normal retail tax but because of the they they appealed to the ATO uh, by going through what the vehicle is what it offers and it was pretty clear that it's it's not exactly a luxury vehicle with what it's offering it's it's spartan almost in a sense um, but depending on what it is um, prospective buyers saving between four thousand and fifteen grand depending on how they configure the vehicle so I, I never knew that if you bought a nice car you got stunned with extra tax. Well, depending on... <laughs> probably not in the same threshold of what you've spent on, on vehicles Oh, but that's previously. ridiculous. It shouldn't matter what car you buy, pay tax. No, but it, it's it's funny. The ATO... And this is... And I quote, The ATO has recognised that due to Grenadier's design, engineering and capability, it is not considered a luxury car for tax purposes and therefore all wagons, right. options and accessories are exempt from the LCT. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's get into the fishing. Uh, the I'm going straight to the Sydney Boat Show. Like this. It's on right now. It's an absolute cracker. 
Tell me about it. Show. The reports throughout the week. It's been yeah. really well received. Obviously, we haven't had boat shows for such a long period of time in Australia, and this is something that Sydney siders and, and those right around the state have really well, enjoyed. Oh, really? It's only early today as we speak, Pat. So it's been great so far, but I reckon we leave it to next week and we do a full overview on how it actually fully pans out. At the moment, it's been terrific. It's been really, really good. Like, it's uh, nothing but positive vibes from the whole thing. I spoke to Dave Meehan from Mercury Marine, uh, Mercury Australia, I should say. and They've got their 600 horsepower, and I think it's 10 metres long, the rib that they've got up there at the moment. That's just phenomenal, that thing. The and biggest outboard that you can purchase, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're looking up upwards of 180 grand for this outboard. It was pricey. It, it might be even more, <laughs> uh, but that's on display. Um, we spoke to Jake from Geelong Marine World. He had the tailboats there as well, uh, tailboats heading up to Sydney, which is great to see as well. Rolling a couple of uh, 325 Suzuki's on the back of that yep. boat, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, and, it is. Um, no doubt that that's a, you know, a really popular boat for that sort of Sydney market and particularly that Northern Australian market with the design of those boats. Yeah, and there's plenty of other options. And the good thing with Sydney is Melbourne are putting in play this October, a sort of on-water feel, Pat, but Sydney do have that on-water feel. Uh, they've got also the multi-level areas of where you can head head on in and actually, I guess, I guess not just be in one floor trying to find everything in one sort of hit. You can spread yourself out on the map and actually uh, spend a couple of days looking over the boat. So I would re- recommend Two days, not one, Pat. It's just too hard to fit it all in, especially with the multi-level then outdoors. You just don't get it all in. So spend a couple of days, make your plan of what you actually want to see. And there's plenty of activities for the kids, which is also great to see at a boat show too. Certainly is. Hey, it went viral during the week, but a skipper uh, and its mm. boat has capsized after backing down on, uh, on a big marlin. And obviously the waves have come in over the stern and the boat has sunk. Now, when it comes to... Uh, you know, game fishing, backing down on fish, reversing. If you haven't spent much time doing it, like what's your advice around doing this? Because quite clearly you need to have the right boat for it. But if you're not well versed in it, as these gentlemen have found, this the boat has sunk. It's it's gone crazy on uh, on on TikTok and Instagram. You can obviously follow us on our Real Adventures socials, uh, both Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and Twitter, we'd love you to join in the conversation. But astonishing to see this went down in a matter of minutes. Yeah, so like it was as quick as you could imagine, and it would be a as a skipper of a boat, it'd be a horrible feeling. But one thing I give him credit for: the crew got life jackets on bloody quick. He managed to get his uh, I've just gone completely blank. His uh, life raft into the water yes. as quick as yep. he could for the crews to sit in. He waited out there, and this was an experienced skipper too. So it can happen to the best of us, Pat. So when- so, so for those that aren't aware. We're talking backing down on a boat, uh, on a fish. Yeah. Basically, your full reverse. This was a flybridge. I can't remember the exact brand of the boat, but it was a big, quite a big boat. It'd be close to 40, 40 foot. Yeah, 40 foot flybridge. It was, a, it was a big boat. But there's different ways to back up on fish, but you need to have self-draining decks. Yes. You need to have bilge pumps that can do their thing. You need to have the boat designed to do this. I'm not a massive backer-upper. I like to sort of, with these small boats that I use. You I, don't need to, do you? Well, on the marlin in the glass calm, it's good to get it up front. They're trying to get tags in. I can, that's why they do it, those big boats. The small boat, you can do it in calm weather. That's as quick as it can happen. It can go to crap real quick. I've never seen a boat, like we're talking in a space of 40 to well, 50 seconds. Well, he managed seconds. to film it in TikTok. I think you're only allowed a 30-second video. <laughs> <laughs> so he's done well there. Incredible to see. Um, 
big chat around this week around trim tabs and and boats and it was a bit of a, a question that would been posed during the week on our socials on how important is it to have trim tabs on your boat and we'd had a few gentlemen asking around the performance of their boat not being able to get their nose up is it something that is worth investing in and you've always been strong on this I've been against it I'll be honest but your boat I'm actually starting to fall towards running trim tabs on your boat yep uh, so why is that uh I've been on lots of boats and there's certain boats I believe that need to get out of the water yep. and there's certain boats that I don't believe that need to be pulled into the water. Now, So for those playing at home, talk us through what trim tabs are. Yeah, so they basically sit on the back corners of your boat as such and they act as, I guess, well, if you put your hand in the water, if you paddle on a kayak, it pulls your hand in the water, it starts to turn the kayak left. It's sort of the same way to explain trim tabs. They pull down into the water either side and it can pull your bow up and bow down to correct the way that the boat's sitting. So if you're pulling, your bow's pulling up left hand, pulling up and you're leaning one way, if you pull the bow down on one side on your tab, if it's set up correctly, it'll then pull that, engage that tab on that side of the boat and actually pull your boat into the water to align you. So how I've always used them is to actually correct the boat from actually on the balance on the balance side of things, so you're so not depending moving on crew around the boat. Your weight distribution on the boat. Yeah, a lot of it's to do with that, and also a bit of it can be certain boats. Like Haynes are a particular one that tend to get up and lean a bit with the wind. So a lot of Haynes owners use them, which I believe, which is a great place to use them. My six meter, don't I don't need them on my six meter. I don't like them on my six meter. I want to get my boat. It's only a little boat. Where your seven fifty, I haven't done a. I've done a lot of driving, but nowhere near as much as, I guess, six to 650 metre boats, like yep. those smaller size boat. So your boat was always about me, even me, get it out, get it out. You got trimmed out, don't know how to drive it as a joke. But being that bigger boat, if you actually get it out of the water too much, like I do with a small boat, it's a big boat that has to come back down and land. Yes. So it's pushing down. So with your tabs, I engage them, I pull the nose in a little bit, and, I'm, and I hold the nose in, and it corrects the stability of the boat a little bit with the twin engines too. But not only that, it doesn't come up and bang hard, which they don't bang hard as it is, like because they're a nice built boat. But any boat's going to bang depending with on the front how hard on you push sea. it and yeah. pushing it and front on sea. Yep. So your boat, I'm really starting to enjoy the tim- trim tabs, and it hurts me. It hurts me to say it. I'll be honest with you. I've been one for against this. It's like sticking it. Uh, <laughs> how good a driver you are of a boat. Yeah, it's basically making me that I can't drive the boat. But no, I'm starting <laughs> to enjoy your trim tabs on it more. Uh, but one thing it does, you lose, and I read an article, multiple articles, and I read one during the week that's saying you can actually use them to gain fuel and get your boat to drive correctly on chimes. I don't believe any of that. So your boat, as soon as I push the trim tabs down, the I'm still revving hard, but I'm bloody up. using fuel. So <laughs> it, it, it's the way that uh, it's it's you use you lose speed, you lose this, but you do get more of a comfort ride. Yes. So there, but. Your your boats are different. Like we're talking, your boats are quite a large, narrow. It's it's not narrow like a. I guess a, it's not built on a on a knife's edge, but it's a, it's, no, it's a, not it's a long eating, boat. It's not an eating craft in terms of yeah, width. like the eating yeah. craft in one direction. They're a brilliant boat. One they fly in a straight line. They're a beautiful boat to drive, and that's where Rob's got. I, I think the all round boat where it rides really good, but it also sits well at rest. Yes, and yours is a little bit narrower than my six six hundred. Due to the, what I mean by that, it's actually wider, but the in perspective of being a 750 boat, yes, the, length, a, of the length of it towards the width of it, uh, you lose basically the 650 and the 7, you sort 750, you basically just add on another metre of boat. So that's where you do get the bit of movement, hence why I recommend having twins on your boat. 
That's why I like the twin engines on your boat for this extra stability and it makes a big difference. It is quite stable, but you put the twins on it, it's even more stable. And then your tabs hold as well and it corrects that. And not only that, it, ma- it is making the nose of the boat, at uh, the right of the boat with the nose being down with the trim tabs, ride just that bit more comfortable. So there are certain boats that need them and they do have a purpose. My purpose is usually if the missus is having a champagne with her friends on one side, I trim it down a little bit at slow speeds, but there is a purpose and your boat is one of them that I'm starting to really enjoy using trim tabs. A massive show of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. We've chatted the Sydney Boat Show. It is on right throughout this weekend. So if you're in the region, make sure you head down uh, and join into it. It's the first time we've had a boat show um, with the the sheer number of boats and all the different uh, contributors in the country for some time. So that's happening all throughout this weekend. Uh, Plenty more Real Adventures on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Let's get to your week in fishing, Redmond, because we'll cover off Victoria first and then we'll look around for the rest of the country. But how's Victoria fishing? My my week in my own uh, boat started off really well last Sunday. We had that beautiful tease of spring day, Patrick. It was an absolute... Done it. It was, I think, eighteen odd degrees, and and then the rest of the weekend, uh, week it rained. It was just typical Victoria. But I took uh, my little man Finn out, and we just finished for a couple of hours, and just had a relaxing session. And I speak about it all the time. I just specifically went out to catch small gummies, and we fished an area that was general that reefy bottomy ground that the snapper live on that we catch a lot of small gummies on. I wasn't trying to catch snapper. We had gummy baits out and whatnot. A little bit different fishing. We managed to get nearly 10 pat with Finn. Like, and I'm talking undersized to like 5 kilo. So we had a ball. My kid absolutely thrives on fishing. I'd, he like, does. And a I, very honestly, funny video that you sent through. Oh, him. he's bloody hilarious. Like it's, he just wants to catch. He doesn't under... I'll give him credit. He doesn't understand that you've got to catch a fish on a rod properly. But how's this? He let a gummy go at the back of the boat. And I let it go. And when it swam down, it obviously swam under the boat. But the propeller's the same, cummy, uh, same color as a gummy. Mate, the poor kid had his little fishing rod with his light-up reel there going, come on, gummy, bite, gummy, trying to catch the propeller, which he thought was a gummy, for 20 minutes. That's how his intelligence is really good like Take, myself. Takes after his father, <laughs> So I give him credit. He's stuck there trying to catch his propeller, which is good on him. But that was beautiful offshore. The whiting were tougher, but the swell picked up during the week, so I managed to get some really good... Uh, Whiting, winter whiting during the week with that swell that come up. Picking the tides there? Yeah, but the tides were crap. This crap. It was just the dirty water that was just beneficial. That rain that come with, with the southwest wind. I'm not saying the rain caused dirty water. I'm saying the southwest wind and the rain obviously usually brings swell. So we had that swell picked up, bang, pushed through, got fish. Western Port, that side of the world, Gwaine got a beautiful... Uh, 117 kilo barrel bluefin out front of Western Port last week, and there was multiple fish caught during the week. Apollo Bay kicked into gear with plenty of barrels at Apollo Bay. Port Mac is obviously in the other end of the world, but I didn't mention in the report today, but I'll mention Port Mac fishing very well. School fish at Portland still, and both bays have got plenty of squid in there as well, Port Phillip and Western Port. So there's plenty happening in the cold winter side of Victoria at the moment. Uh, Vic Fish, Redmond, they've stocked 10,000 brown trout into the Tullaroop. Reservoir, uh, with the help of the Bendigo and District Fly Fishers. So those guys doing some wonderful work there. Uh, Upper Stony Creek Reservoir has also been stocked with 10,000 rainbow fish. Uh, they joined the 10,000 browns that were stocked uh, earlier in the month. So Vic Fish doing some great work there. Heading in New South Wales, the yellowfin was starting to get some really consistent reports on some big fish being caught off Bermagui. Literally this week, the last, oh, on fire. 
And we're talking fish from 50 50, to 80 kilos. Proper fish, lures, stick baits, working. We spoke about it many times. Won't get into it too much now, but it's it's fishing really, really well, and it's great to see. So how are you finding these fish? Are we talking big distances offshore? Yeah, so they're just on the the other side of the shelf, but they're being spread out. They use numbers. Well, we, as fishermen, we use numbers. You might hear us say... 1243 and they're your middle contour line so it might be one 144 33 or 30 38 is usually the first number so 38 in melbourne it is 38 12 111 then it might be 144 28 741 as you so when they refer to on social media your middle numbers that is actually the middle of the contour lines so that's where it's going to meet out there and it will put you in the rough area of fish and Burmy, that's how they like to keep these fish up. Boats coming over and actually keeping the fish up. So, which is sometimes quite off uh, opposite to the southern uh, bluefin tuna, where you don't you're do trying that. to you, keep the Victorians boat are down. Pr- Victorians are pricks. New South Wales guys love each other, so <laughs> it's just the way it works. But it's different fishery. But they're they're, they're running really well on the other side of the shelf, and you've visually seen them. A lot of them are chasing souries. So, what top. size are we in terms of matching the hatch? What size stick baits are we talking in lures? You're probably looking at uh, yeah, up to six inch, no, yeah, yeah, up to six to eight inch, even yeah. Yeah, like like solid lure, like six inches isn't that big, but you can push it even bigger if you want up to ten. Yeah. Like they're big fish, and they're aggressive when they're hitting the water hard. And there's multiple fish hooked on stick baits and lures. So if you can't get them on lures, we spoke last week. Swap up to stick bait, set your trap, get in front of them. And you'll catch fish. Fishing uh, the rocks just south of Sydney, there's been some great salmon being caught, Redmond. Uh, baits working well. Metal hard bodies always work well uh, on the salmon. Uh, just working that deeper water uh, behind the runoff, Red. Yeah, just that gutter. When any sort of – you're on rocks, so any sort of wash that hits the – hits the sort of like a rip, hits the rocks and pushes out, sucks out, that's where you're going to uh, – you're going to see the salmon sitting in those deeper gutters that the water are pushing out in. The Port Hacking had some huge flooded also on plastics this week too. And then heading over to WA, I'm not sure, are you familiar with Quoba Station? No. I did a bit of research on it because I was just very impressed when I seen the multiple reports this week. It is like the lamb-paced capital of everything. <laughs> so Spanish mackerel, coral trout. trout, and every red fish you can imagine, all lamb-based. Like just... and. Like you're fishing off a boat, and with fuel prices, Pat, <laughs> it's yes. not a bad option to head down there and fish off the land. Uh, fishing off Florid Beach Drain, there has been plenty of Australian salmon around there and legal size flooded, which is great to see if anyone wants to fish off the beach. And then on the boat outside of Fremantle, few land based reports, but mainly boat this week. Perth into Frio, there's been plenty of uh, snapper up to eight kilo offshore as well, which is the snapper capital at the moment. South Australia, the beach, uh, the beaches have been fishing well. Um, the Port Adelaide supporters are a bit dis- devastated <laughs> after the, the loss like last weekend, Redmond. But the Aussie salmon on lures are fishing well. And over three kilos. Yeah, big salmon at Loxwell. That's been the red hot spot this week, land based. So walking along the beach, trying to find those gutters, even look for the fish if you've got a good set of sunnies. Find the fish. Chuck your medals in there and you'll be able to get them, no worries. Venus Bay? Yep, it's been really good for kids. Now, it's a, I'm always into trying to get kids fishing, but this place here, oh my God, the reports at the moment off this, off this, off the jetty down off Venus Bay, King George Whiting, like not two, like I'm talking like six to 15 fish at a time they're getting, plus Trevally, plus Tommy Ruff, just a nice firm burly trail in a burly cage, you'll catch more than the guy next to you. If you have the burley, I tell you right now, get a burley cage and bob up the end there won't catch anything because the fish will come to you. Same as fishing on a boat. 
Uh, Tasmania, uh, Craigie Van Dam has seen some nice Browns being caught. The best method has been uh, the troll with the Tassie Devils. Now, they're not the sexiest looking lure, but when it comes to purely getting great numbers, there are few lures. Were you just talking about me then? Oh, sorry. I thought you were a description of me. I thought it was quite nice of you then. There are few lures that constantly get the job done like Tassie Devils when it comes to trout fishing, Redmond. I couldn't agree more. And it's just, they, we had Lee Rayner on, I think, a month back ago, and he said the same thing. Out of everything that he uses, it looks like a fish. These silly little things keep working. So tremendous to see. If you're into getting your socks wet, floundering pat down at Southport Ooh, nice. in the calm weather, make sure it's calm. And Tassie have had a great run of calm weather as of late. And... Getting nice and shallow with your lights at night. You can use a tinny or you can, like I said, get your socks wet and bloody cold, but plenty of flounder and other species on offer uh, as well if you take your spear down there. You fishing at night and tinnies, they um, they go hand in hand. <laughs> uh, heading to Queensland, the tailor is still running really well on the north side of the Tweed River uh, with fish hanging around most days. Uh, nice and close to the beach, lasers working a treat. Harvey Bay, uh, is doing what it does, cold trout, red emperor, sweet lip, uh, tusk fish. We're hearing really good reports uh, over the last sort of few days, which is great to see. Um, there's plenty being caught. That wraps up the whip around. Thanks to Jayco Sydney. Let the adventure begin. Jayco Sydney helping you on your next great escape. Uh, let's get to the social club. We missed it last week because we were running a little uh, short on time, but we'd love to take your questions uh, from social media. If you want to join in the conversation, make sure you do on our Real Adventures socials. I'll hit the first one from Brad. Uh, Red, I noticed you using your 37 kilo on your 20. Four kilo outfit. Do you have any dramas at all running a thicker line on that gear? That is very good question. Very observant, Aaron. It's, yeah, and I have had a few dramas with the roller tip rods, Pat. And this is why we don't traditionally like roller tips because things go wrong. They can, it's just another thing that can go wrong. And if you spend money on good rods with good eyes, it doesn't happen. So, so why'd you do it? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> No, so I, you, I run thirty. I'm running thirty-seven kilo now. If I don't get my plat perfectly, I've never touched wood to this day. I've never had a plat come undone. I've had a few get close where you get the fish in and they are untangled, but still, I still don't think they'll come off. Holds like yeah. it always holds for some reason. But touch wood, I haven't had one come off. But when I was running the thirty-seven kilo and running live bait, so what I mean by that is you're not just putting a lure out where your lure stays out all day and then it just sits out there. When you're live baiting. You're dropping baits in, pulling them up, dropping baits in. Yeah, so they're going, they're going in and out of these rollers 150 times a day. Yep. And I noticed the plats, the 37 kilo, getting caught in the 24 kilo rollered-eyed rods. I noticed they were getting caught. So I ended up tying super tight plats under full loaded pressure. I always tie them tight, but I'm talking like I really went the extra mile to every pull I was pulling tight, and I haven't had a drama since. But I've also been more mindful. I'm, when I pull the line in, I'm leaving the plat actually out of the rod. I'm not... So, let's say, for example, you and I, quick, Pat, drop your live bait down, drop it into the bait ball. Quick, we missed it. Let's move back up. Uh, I'm saying to you, don't wind the double into the rod. Leave the plat out on the ground, and then that way when you get up to the next bait, we can throw it in, and all that line comes out nicely. It actually works in your favour. You can throw a whole handful of line out five, ten metres if you need to, and that plat isn't consistently going through the rollers. So, yes, I have had dramas. That's how I've been... Uh, fixing my problems, but if I were you guys, 
I'd be getting 37 kilo rods. Even with a 50 wide reel on it, will sit nice. So it'll sit pretty nicely too. Red, if I'm heading to a pier for squid, what size jig should I take? You should have multiple because you need to understand what the tides are doing at the, at the jetty. You need to understand the depth at the jetty too. So let's go very little tide movement. Yep. What size? So it's all about your sink rate. So if you're in, say, three metres of water, you want that jig sinking, not floating, not sinking fast. You want it falling, sinking through the water nicely. So you need a nice, consistent fall through the water. So it's not going to hit the bottom in the first five seconds. That's right. You don't want it to go bang, and you don't want it to float. Yes. So it's it's up to you, but I'd just take a two, two and a half, and a size three, even up to a three and a half. Three and a half's getting big. Like, I very rarely go to a three and a half. So it's it's... Up to you on the day, you need to consider the jetty and where you're actually fishing, uh, wherever you are right around the country. Quick last one for you, Danger. You love this. What is your favourite fishing movie? You've got one second. Maybe two. Uh, Lethal Weapon. I can't remember which one. Remember the Lethal Weapon where they're the start of the show, they're fishing and then the shark jumps into the boat. I think the boat sinks. I actually did watch Lethal Weapons. I need to catch up with my Lethal Weapons. Can you remember that one? I can't. Yeah, they've got, I forget, I think it's uh, Danny Glover's boat. They're, I'm trying to that. think of it. It sinks and then Danny DeVito, uh, he shoots the shark, but I think the boat sinks as well. That's, I reckon that's my favourite Is Lethal movie. Weapon classified as a fishing movie? Ooh, not sure. <laughs> We've got what, no time left what, to discuss what's it. What's yours? Is Jaws classified as a fishing movie? Oh, of course it is. Yeah, that would... Oh, yeah, okay. Jaws would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Jaws is... That's not, one of the old times. There's not crazy, really fishing movies out there. I'm trying to think of a dedicated fishing movie. Not a fishing show, a fishing the, movie. There is... There was, still exists, a movie called Gone Fishing. <laughs> and I remember this from when I was like 12. I remember it being great. I'm sure if I watched it now... It wouldn't it, be great. It would be like the worst movie you've ever seen. It's a bit like, remember that there's a, there was a um, pirate movie called Cutthroat Island? I remember watching no. it growing up going, greatest movie ever. Gina Davis, brilliant. I, I can't even watch a football replay from like five years ago now. <laughs> or I, I watched it a couple of years ago with my son George. Worst movie I've ever what seen. What did George think of it? Rubbish. He was playing Lego through the whole thing. <laughs> We're running out of time. <laughs> we are. Uh, that wraps the social club. If you want to join in the conversation, uh, then make sure you do. Send us a question through our social channels and we will do the best we can uh, to get back to your questions. Uh, plenty more on Real Adventures coming up after this. All aboard uh, and more. We've got a great flying gaff at the end of the show as well. One of the AFL's most well-known. We are going after him. All that and more on Real Adventures. All aboard for Dometic. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack and go. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Our special guest this morning is Sean Clancy, BLA's brand manager. Morning, Sean. Good morning, Pa. How are you? Going well. Now, you are our man on the ground for the Sydney Boat Show. It's from the 28th to the 1st of August, 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. daily. Take us through the show. How's it been? We haven't had a boat show in Australia for what seems like many, many years now. How's it been? Yeah, it's really an amazing atmosphere. It's, it, you're right. I think with COVID, everyone sort of, stuck in their houses and couldn't go boating and there's a real vibe about about the show 
Um, we're down on the marina ourselves. We've got our big trade show on one of the big events boats down here. And, um, yeah, the atmosphere is electric. It looks like there's plenty of high rollers buying 60, 70 footers. So, <laughs> you know, the money's out there. Now, it's clearly something that we haven't had for a while, but technology has continued to evolve. You know more about and see more of the new products that hit the marine industry than just about anyone. What have you seen and what do you have for us that's going to whet the appetite of, uh, of boaties around the country? Yeah, so certainly from a Dometic point of view, we've got our Dometic Power Cat on the water doing demos of the EPS joystick steering which I think you've got one on your boat. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And um, so we, we've got that steering. We've got their all their new steering systems, their extreme power assist steering, obviously EPS. We've also got their new Dometic trim tabs with the adaptive trim tab and this awesome little dial system. So guys know traditionally trim tabs, you have the two switches and it gets confusing which switch you're supposed to use at which time. And C-Star, Dometic, have released a new trim tab system with a dial. So it's like a wheel. You just turn the wheel when you want to correct the boat, and it just makes complete sense to uh, any boat owner. So that's been really well received. Jack plates, hydraulic jack plates. Um, so we've got all the Dometic stuff here, um, all our B, BLA gear here, our new lithium batteries, which are actually going amazingly well. Um, Obviously, massive weight saving going to to lithium batteries for mink coders and that sort of stuff. Um, Hummingbird, I've got actually got one of our live sonar transducers in the water because we're down at the marina, so people can come down and see fish swimming around and throwing lures around and all that sort of stuff. I think I need some chook pellets though to get a few more fish around, but we'll work on that. Let let's let's stay on that because it is a great reason, you know to head down to the Sydney Boat Show because you, you mentioned the, the steering systems that Dometic have on offer. You can actually see them uh, and, and experience them. But the same thing when it, when it comes to electronics, and you're obviously talking about Humminbird, but you can actually see it and, and walk through it rather than what normally happens at a lot of these, these shows. You see it on display, but you don't actually get to experience it on water. Yeah, and it was one of the... Um, reasons why we decided to set ourselves up in the marina um, was to have our Dometic power cat on the water with all our gear on it um, and also be able to set up live sonar just down on the dock actually out in front of the boat um, where, you know, that live sonar, you're literally seeing fish swimming around. It definitely um, adds to the atmosphere. It's a, it's a, you know, a lot nicer than being in an exhibition centre um, so yeah, it's it's really good. So people can really come and experience what the products are like, rather than just seeing them on a display. There's obviously live music. There's fishing masterclasses. There's plenty of gurus right throughout uh, the fishing industry that are on display and and are presenting at different stages right throughout the uh, the fifty third Sydney Boat Show. Sean, is there anything that you've seen on display that you've gone? Wow, like this is, you know, the industry is really progressing um, with this, with new technology. You know, obviously you mentioned lithium batteries. They're something that mm. people can genuinely take home and it changed their fishing really quite quickly. But is there anything that you've seen at the show that 
you know, has got you really excited? I think one of the things I've seen down on the water is a lot of those kind of axe, axe bow design boats. And I think it's a really interesting space in boat design. They're a real European sort of lead change to certainly the bow of boats. It's that real, you know, straight yes. upright bow, that axe style bow. And there's more of those than I've ever seen before um, on the water. So that'll be really interesting to see um, some Australian boat builders, whether they take on that new design that seems to be really taking off through Europe. What's the what's the flow in terms of what you see? You you obviously know the industry as well as anyone. You know we see these new designs overseas, and a lot of the time, like in the boating industry, it takes time to bring in new technologies because people are generally skeptical initially. Because boat design, certainly from a hull perspective, has been a long you know it's been the same for a long period of time do you see it making waves quickly in australia obviously it's it's being presented with with many different manufacturers yeah i think and one of the other things that i've seen um is a lot of bigger boats that you know aren't trailer boats that are moored you know 35 45 foot boats have got the new Merck 600s on the back and you know triple 450s and those sort of things and and at first, I was sort of, what, what's wrong with the inboard and that sort of thing? But when you actually get in the boat, you get a whole nother space yeah. where the engines used to be. All of a sudden, there's a whole nother berth down there. And then, then it sort of sinks in. It's like, well, they've just, by putting big outboards on the transoms of these boats, they've almost turned a 35-foot boat into a 45-foot boat as far as accommodating people and having that extra space. Which is so, like, which is obviously what some people look at and go, oh, why would you do it? You, you're reducing the amount of room that you've got, but in actual fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. And obviously, um, you know, Mercury will talk about ease of um, maintenance and ease of servicing and those sort of things. But I think the biggest thing from a manufacturer's point of view in converting their boat designs to take outboards is the ability to pick up all that extra space that used to be taken up with engine rooms. Um, so boat design's been huge. And um, and even those um, sort of fold-out retractable sides, yes, you know, yep. those parts, it turns into a party platform. Um, you know, we, we got our, you know, dive doors that, you know, swing in, swing out dive doors. And these luxury boats have got these whole the whole side of the boat just, just down. goes down <laughs> and and you got this big party platform and yeah i mean some of the some of the innovation through that big boat space is amazing certainly is sean great to talk as always uh you're on display right throughout the the sydney boat show 10 a.m till 7 p.m uh you've got plenty of staff down there to talk through people that are uh looking to purchase as well don't you yeah, and just look for the giant glass-sided black um, events boat um, on the marina. You can't miss it. It's the biggest one in the marina, um, and you can come down and, and get involved. Um, we've got all experts from all over the world have come to represent their products. So, um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Beautiful work. Sean Clancy, BLA brand manager. We love getting him on Real Adventures as well. Uh, that was All Aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, dometic.com.
It's time for Red's Review, our product review of the week. And we're talking about folding trailers this week, Redman. We are. This is down your alley, I'm going to be honest, because you love taking the kayaks out with your old man. A few gadgets here and there. I like things with engines, so I don't have to do this. But you can get these for engines too, Pat, because they do allow you to sit a trailer... Uh, sorry, a boat up on this trailer. And we are talking about... Real easy trailers, which are Australian-built foldable trailers, Pat. And the reason that these are good, as the sort of sometimes the wife gets a little bit excited around your next adventure, and you need to provide a caravan in order to, you know, go on your next adventure. Redmond might be a Jayco from Sydney, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But where does that put you with fishing? Where does it put you with the boat? Well, if you store the boat on the well, it roof, puts me in my own car with my boat. <laughs> You can have your sort of 3.7 sort of as your max. Yep. But this is where these come in and are really, really handy. They're easily mounted on a caravan or your camper. Um, They're a fully tilt trailer. They come with uh, your split lights, the compliance plates, so you're allowed to legally drive them on the road. They literally take six minutes to be put together. So that's something you and I can do, Pat, in about 12. So we can literally... (laughs) 12 hours. But something that I like the most is that you can actually adjust. They're adjustable. So everything, rollers and the skids, everything on it is adjustable. So if you do have one for the tinny, you can then also use it for the kayak as well if you were doing it at home for different things. So there's so many different uh, avenues you can take with this trailer. And they're not just, so it's not just used in the caravan park. They can no. be registered for Australian uh, roads and they're fully certified, can be towed at all legal limits. So if you want more information... Well, so who, who would use these? So we're talking small boaters, like you said before? I Kayakers? Reckon, absolutely. Caravans, motorhomes? Yep. And I, I reckon if you're going to go on your next adventure and you're going to be away for months, yep. you know, 3.7 is probably the biggest boat that you really want to be on the roof. lifting off yeah. the roof, yep, you know, yep. depending on how old you are. So you, you've got to be mindful Age there. Age isn't a thing. Pat, a 90-year-old man's going better than me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon 3.7 is your sort of your boat size. Engine size, I reckon you're looking at your 15 horsepower. You, pr- you probably could... Go to sort of 25, you know, <laughs> we, we said um, a few weeks back on the show, Mercury have done their new release and all their um, all their motors have come down significantly when it comes to weight. So where this adds in, if you're staying at Mission Beach for a few weeks, you have your trailer that is, you know, it sits on the back of your, your camper or your caravan. It's set up in six minutes, or for you and I, it's set up in half an hour, Redmond. Yep. <laughs> your boat's done, you've got somewhere to store it, it doesn't impact the fishing that you do. So if you want more information on Real Easy Trailers, pretty much type in realeasytrailers.com.au for more information. And as easy we said, with Easy with a Z. Easy with a Z. That's ha- right. How easy is that? Get yourself one. That is Red's Review, our product review of the week. Red's tip for Anaconda. Anaconda just got a whole lot bigger. Don't miss their Adventure HQ Grand Opening Celebration. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We're on the final straight. Let's get to Red's tip because it's a um, it's an appropriate one given some of the um, the observation from some of the boaters globally mm-hmm. getting nice and close to nature. Yep, we love seeing that. Myself included. Yourself included. Uh, there's been a few that have got a little bit too close for comfort and there's been a few whales that have ended up on boats. So I'm just going to clarify something. Whales are large, right? They are. 
Well, you know what? For how large and they are. And flighty for something so marine. <laughs> marine. Do you know how large they are? Sometimes they're really hard to see, especially when they go under the water. And I am guilty of this because I nearly caught one the other week completely by accident. But there's a lot of people right now experience near-death experiences <laughs> by whales jumping on their watercraft, whether it's a jet ski, a yacht, a boat, or a North Bank 600 like myself. Some unbelievable uh, social videos during the week, seeing literal whales landing on boats yes. and half destroying them. Incredible to see. It, it and it's just the thing is though they as dumb as this sounds they come out of nowhere like we nearly caught one Mate, the they week. come out of the water that's where they're oh, coming from and then they come up you know, oh crap what do I do here and usually momentum's going forward in a boat pattern and it's not like a car where you can stop quick <laughs> I'll show you a video after this of my little episode that we happened to capture <laughs> but just my tip is I understand that at the moment tuna are following the whales, this and that. But you always talk about great. It's great to see the whales. It is fantastic. It is the number one thing I believe next to seals. Just not too seals close. Seals don't break boats though. Whales do. <laughs> so just when you're out there, just keep an extra eye out for a whale because they are so many around the coast at the moment in Australia and the world. Great to see. It is great to see because they're a fascinating animal. Beautiful, but. They can destroy you in seconds. So Red's tip, just watch out for whales on the water a little bit more carefully in the next few years we'll go with. That was Red's tip. Don't miss Anaconda's Adventure HQ Grand Opening Celebration. It's now time for the Flying Gaff Pattern. You sent me this during the week and you were very, very excited, like a little kid at a candy shop. Yes, we love this. Tom Brown, uh, he's getting the gaff this week. And uh, this audio courtesy of Triple and Have a listen, Redmond. Afternoon, what a weekend of football. Some of the best matches of the year. Want to recap some of the highlights shortly from nice. a discussion point of view. Bit of news. A bit late today. Ooh. Had a bit of a hiccup. A bit late. Left the rooms last night from the euphoria. One of the best things I've watched in football, Jamie Elliott's mark and goal. Post the siren are on it was the a good goal. Yesterday, it was. But left the MCC car park and uh, got bogged. <laughs> to and uh, her team down there at the MCC <laughs> managed to get out this morning. I've borrowed Tara's car. It's now been... very, very muddy. She's particularly unimpressed. Oh. I'll uh, go and attend to that this afternoon. His BMW has been bogged. <laughs> his, his Beamer has been bogged. And he, he couldn't get it out. He's had to wait to the next day. I'm pretty sure on last week's episode we spoke about Maxi Tracks in Red's tip. <laughs> we did. So the flying gaff this week goes to Channel 7's own... and. Uh, audio courtesy of Triple M, uh, Tom Brown getting bogged at the MCG. Not one of the places that we immediately think of when it comes to, um, you know, dangerous for your vehicles around being bogged, Redmond, the, the MCG, the home of sport in Australian heartland. Uh, but there you go, Tommy Brown proving us all wrong and just how important it may be just to have your maxi tracks in the, <laughs> in the back of the Beamer just in case you get into that situation. Is there any soft spots around the Cadinia Park here, Patrick, that I need to watch out for? Oh, there is nice at the moment. I'll tell you what. There the, is? Yeah, in the middle of the pitch at the I'll moment. I'll bring the maxis. <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> middle of the ground. <laughs> oh, uh, don't say that. Thanks for your company this morning. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We will see you on Real Adventures the same time next week. Bye for now. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.